Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Mark Kuznez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 28, Shadows of the Damned, an action horror game developed by Grasshopper Manufacturer, directed by Massimo Guarini, produced by Shinji Mikami, and written by Uichi Suda, aka Suda51. Of course, many more people were involved with the making of this game, but those are the heavy hitters. And that is quite the resume, at least with Suda51 and Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami, of course, the creative mind behind Resident Evil 4 and Suda51 behind such games as Killer7 and No More Heroes. And I was excited to finally get around to this game, even though I don't have a great amount of love for these creators' previous work. I don't love Resident Evil 4. I enjoyed it to an extent up until the president's daughter was introduced and then I found the game to be excruciating in how I had to babysit this young woman and that she was so susceptible to getting caught regardless of where I'd hide her. It became very frustrating and with Suda51 I just don't have much experience with his games. I remember being very interested in Killer7 and then having played it I found it to be nowhere near as fun as I was expecting. I didn't find it to be an enjoyable experience, but that was years ago around when it originally came out and it's a game I would like to return to, but Suda51 is a creator who I've always admired from afar as being someone who is unique and original and his own person. He has a creative vision and he goes for it and I can really appreciate that as a fellow creative. So I was excited to play Shadows of the Dam, but I didn't know how I was going to feel about this game when I started it. And initially, after about a few hours, I was pretty indifferent. I wasn't a huge fan of the shooting. I think it would feel much better with a mouse and keyboard because the way it works from a gameplay standpoint is exactly like Resident Evil 4. And like in Resident Evil 4, when you are trying to get a headshot, enemies will swerve out of the way. And it's difficult to line up a headshot even if they're not moving around. And your main enemies are variations of demons. You have your base demons who are pretty much just ghouls and easy to take down. Eventually you'll fight demons who are wearing masks so you can't get headshots on them. And there are demons who can spin around in little balls and you have to move out of the way so they hit a wall and then they'll fall and they'll expose a weak point on them. The tougher enemies will have weak points, they'll have armored demons that you have to use your boner special ability to blow up their armor and expose their their skin for, for destroying them. And the shooting just doesn't feel that great because it's hard to line up shots with the way the aiming works. I found myself often missing headshots and even when I try to hit them in the torso, I would end up shooting between their legs often and it became frustrating. It it wasn't super problematic. I was never in a situation where I would get overwhelmed by enemies and run out of ammo or anything like that. I doubt you would ever run out of ammo in this game. It's not like a survival horror game in that sense where you have to worry about inventory management and ammo scarcity or any of that stuff. It is very much an action game with horror elements thematically. So the story of this game is that you're playing as this young demon hunter, Garcia Hotspur, and he comes home to find out his girlfriend is being taken by the Lord of Demons. He just took down this minotaur looking guy in the intro. It's like, 
Oh, how's your girlfriend doing? I bet she's hanging around a lot, if you know what I mean. She's hanging by her neck. And so Garcia goes home and finds out that the Lord of Demons is abducting her. And you try to stop this from happening. I think the Lord of Demons even says, If you just say, I'm better than you, I'll leave her alone. I'll leave you guys alone and everything will be cool. Just admit that I'm better than you. And Garcia, of course, is unwilling to do this. So the Lord of Demons, Fleming, takes his girlfriend down to the underworld and proceeds over the course of the game to kill her and bring her back to life over and over and over again, which was something I got a little tired of. I understand the reasoning behind it and it works, but I felt bad after a point of just seeing this young woman get brutally murdered over and over and over again. I don't know how many times she was decapitated, but I'm sure I could count it on more than one hand's worth of fingers. So she was decapitated quite a few times or ripped open or had demons come out of her or exploited in one way or another. There's a point in the game where you're traversing through the darkness and there are multiple versions of her of various sizes that are topless and she is dancing and touching herself and there's a huge version of her and you traverse this darkness twice and the first time you traverse through the, the darkness at this point in the game you end up walking over her chest i can't remember if you walk on top of one of her breasts or in between her breasts and then the other time she's flipped over and you walk across her ass and i didn't really like that and that's something i'm not a huge fan of regarding the game is just the juvenile humor and the abundance of sexual innuendo it's all over the place your your demon buddy johnson who can act as a torch or turn into a motorcycle is also your gun and he can turn into three different types of gun a pistol a shotgun and a machine gun and the pistol is called your boner and when you upgrade it it becomes your hot boner and then when you upgrade it again i can't remember what the third one is but you're you're always shooting around with your boner i think it's just your hot boner but there's a section in the game where you are using your boner in more of a turret based scenario and in that section it's called the big boner and there is more sexual innuendo and sexual jokes in general scattered throughout this game than I could handle. And I didn't find them funny most of the time, but I'm jumping all over the place. Getting back to the gameplay. So the shooting is something I wasn't a big fan of. If you love the way Resident Evil 4 feels, you'll probably really enjoy the shooting in Shadows of the Dam because it is almost exactly the same, if not the same. It feels very reminiscent of the shooting in Resident Evil. You even have a laser guide on your gun so that it feels very much so like the base pistol in Resident Evil 4 to, to line up your shots. You don't have an online crosshair or anything like that. You just have this laser that you want to get on an enemy's body. And I found that the best way of taking out an enemy would be to go for their legs and shoot their legs up because you can shoot their limbs off, you can shoot their arms off or their legs. And if you shoot their legs off, they will fall to the ground and start crawling after you. But when they're on the ground, you don't have to shoot them anymore. You can just get right up to them and smash their face. And depending on the type of enemy, it will require more smashing, but it's pretty easy to take out enemies once you knock them all onto the floor. But the shooting is what it is. And while I wasn't a huge fan of it, it was serviceable. It wasn't the worst shooting I've experienced in a third person shooter. And it was by no means the best, but it was fine. It was good enough to keep me going through the game. But then the game introduced certain elements that made it a much more frustrating experience. And that is where I began to go from being indifferent towards 
Shadows of the Dam to actively disliking it. So the things that really annoy me about the experience, because I, I wasn't a huge fan of the story. I didn't care for Garcia all that much. I definitely wasn't a fan of the humor, but I love the art and the color palette and I love the music. And at times the scenarios were fun and that was enough for me to want to keep pushing forward. But then the game introduced certain elements that made it a very frustrating experience. So one of the most annoying parts of the game only happened a handful of times, maybe three or four times, is when your girlfriend, Paula, goes crazy and she starts chasing you. At first, you just need to run away from her and there'll be obstacles in your way that you have to break or light that needs to be turned on and you just have to avoid her until you reach a building but then there are moments where you have to collect something in a room and you have to stun her so that she can't grab you during these situations because in these particular situations where paula is enraged or whatever and is chasing you if she touches you it's instant death you don't take a little bit of damage or a lot of damage you just die and you have to restart that section. And the first time that happened to me, I guess I had the controller on my desk or something because it was right after a cutscene or a level transition and I wasn't reactive enough and she grabbed onto me, kissed me, and then I fell to the ground holding my Johnson up like a boner because that's how Garcia's gonna go out. If he's gonna go out, he's gonna go out with his Johnson standing tall and proud. And I was dead. And I had to restart. Thankfully, I didn't lose much progress, of course. But when I realized that was what I was going to be dealing with, this crazy woman chasing me and having to make sure she doesn't touch me at all or get close enough to touch me, I was not happy. And that particular moment wasn't terrible because I just had to run away from her. But then you get into these scenarios where you have to avoid her while also taking out enemies and just lasting in this area and, and finding something that you have to interact with so that you can open up the next area so you can get away from her. And in those situations, it became very frustrating because she's just always coming after you. And you have this light shot, which you use in the game to bring light to an area so the darkness doesn't overcome you. Because when you're in the darkness, you move slower, you're less maneuverable in general, and you are slowly taking damage. You have a bit of a window before you actually lose from your health but for the most part being in darkness is a bad thing there are moments when you have to be in darkness and i'll get to those a little later but those particular moments dealing with paula chasing after you i hate it in addition to those moments there are a handful of side scrolling shooter sections where the art style transitions to this more paper craft looking aesthetic and i hated those elements they move at a very slow pace in some of them it is very very trial and error and how you have to go about maneuvering through these spaces and enemies will just pop out of nowhere from the top or the bottom or anywhere they'll just jump and fall and you have to kill them and if they're touching you even a little bit you will take damage constantly you just keep taking off damage until you're dead and those sections just aren't any fun they look terrible the music is probably the worst music in the game and the sound effects of your gun sound shitty everything about those sections is terrible and all you're doing is collecting these diamonds these gems that you use to either buy health items or red gems which you can use to upgrade your guns and yourself and when you get to the end you may get a red gem i think you get a red gem if you collect all the regular gems 
gems, maybe, maybe not. I always collected all the gems, so I don't know what would happen if I didn't. But those sections can go on longer than I would like. They feel like loading screen games. A simple little thing you can do while it's loading up the next level, just so that you're not sitting there looking at a static image. That's the quality of those sections, but they're actual levels in the game. And there are maybe five of them or a few more. There, there are more of them than I thought there were going to be. And they never get any better. They just get worse and worse and worse. And then there is also the aforementioned turret section where you are using your big boner. It's your pistol, I guess, that is really long this time. And you're holding it down by your crotch, of course, because it is your big boner after all. And you switch between different streets. So you're facing straight and then you can rotate... 45 degrees and 90 degrees in either direction using bumpers I think and you're just taking down enemies as they're coming down the lane and you'll get a little on-screen notification that tells you oh there's an enemy coming in this direction or that direction and you just have to keep going back and forth and again if you are being overwhelmed by all these enemies because it can be hard to aim your big boner and successfully hit these enemies if you get a headshot they die in one shot if you hit them in the body or anywhere else, it takes three shots to take them down. Some of them are hunkered down and crouched and moving much quicker. And if one of them reaches the rooftop you're on, that's instant death and you have to restart that whole section again. And the way this section works is that you do a turret bit. Then you go through a hole in the billboard and traverse through this darkness and get back to the same rooftop you were on. You go back to the phone and you go blah, 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 blah. Well, you don't. I think Johnson goes blah, 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 blah. And then you initiate big boner mode again and you replay the turret section now with more lanes and more enemies. And you do this three or four times and it wasn't fun the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time. And thankfully it's just this one isolated bit. You don't have another big boner section. They just throw it all in in this one section. So thankfully they didn't make me do that again, but I didn't enjoy that either. And the other thing I didn't really care for, at least it just didn't do much for me were the boss fights. Outside of the fight with a I don't know if it was a giant minotaur, just a giant demon on top of a horse that was riding around in this circular type arena thing that you fight. I don't really remember any of the other bosses. They're pretty forgettable. They don't have that much character. And the only reason why I remember this demon on the horse is because every now and again the horse would fart and the horse would fart out the darkness. And this was important, like I said earlier, that in some cases you actually have to be in the darkness. The darkness is beneficial and when it is beneficial is that there are certain enemies and certain situations where an enemy's weak point will only be noticeable while in the darkness and you can only interact with it and do damage to their weak point while in the darkness so in that particular boss fight the horse would fart and out would come this tornado of darkness that you would enter and then you would be able to see the weak point on the demon riding the horse and you would shoot this weak point I, I don't know if you used your light shot because you use your light shot a lot to remove the darkness in many cases whether it is by shooting the lamp or shooting a goat's head on a wall because that brings light for whatever reason and if an enemy is shrouded in darkness which is like a shield for them you can shoot them with light or hit them with your torch with a melee attack and then they'll be weak to your base attacks but with that boss you'd be in the darkness the weak point would be revealed and susceptible to your destruction you'd hit it then it would take you out of the darkness and you'd be able to do some damage to that boss and you would keep doing this until 
the horse died and then the demon would eat the horse and become extra big and you would fight it again. And that was only memorable again because the horse was farting. The first time it farted, I thought I was hearing things. I'm like, did that horse just fart? I thought this game was just about sexual innuendo and sex jokes and all that jazz. I didn't know I was going to be dealing with farting horses as well. And all of the other bosses didn't have much character. They weren't particularly funny or stupid or silly. And that's too bad because I think in a game like this, the bosses could have really shined and made up for some of the weaker aspects of the game. But none of the bosses or enemies in general really stood out in terms of their character design. When I say I like the art, I, I mean I like the aesthetic that is going on and the color palette and the architecture and a lot of style in the game. But many of the enemies didn't do all that much for me in terms of their design. I do like the design of Garcia and, and Paul is fine, but I did not like the look of Fleming. The minotaur you take down in the very beginning, just in the cutscene, wasn't all that great. One, one part of the game that is creepy in a very good way is that there are these doors that have baby heads on them that you have to feed some kind of object to in order to pass through and those babies are creepy in both their look and in the noises they make which are just regular baby noises but hearing a baby laughing in a game like this is really disturbing and weird but ultimately i was pretty disappointed with shadows of the damned i went into it not expecting all that much but I knew there was a chance that I could end up not loving it because I didn't love the way Resident Evil 4 played and I didn't have much experience with Suda51's games. And it's also disappointing because I've watched interviews with Suda51 and he seems like such a genuine, nice human being. And I don't want to dislike the game and in particular the writing. The writing could have maybe saved it for me, but I found the writing to be pretty average at best it's not a terrible game it just doesn't live up to the potential i see there I, I can see potential in this game but it didn't all come together there are puzzly elements where you have to traverse the darkness and find ways of unlocking doors and stuff like that there is a section where you are turning and rotating these giant blocks with staircases and all these things to create paths that you can pass through and, and, and things along those lines which are fine none of the puzzles are ever too difficult so that that was nice and there's nothing in this game that is reminiscent of some of the nonsensical puzzles found in resident evil now. games at least the original resident evil games so that is good at no point did i see a puzzle and think what the hell am i supposed to do here they're all straightforward and i do like that but in the end i ended up disliking the game more often than not the first few hours, like I said, were fine. I was pretty indifferent, but then they added in a handful of sections and moments that made it much more frustrating. And the more I played, the more I looked forward to it being over. I also hated the fact that it had a, a bullshit ending and I knew it was gonna happen. When the game ended and you defeat Fleming, it feels very anticlimactic and it starts giving you the credits. But then of course, Paula comes back to life and she starts strangling you. And you're like, what is going on? I thought the game was over. Why are you still making me play this game? And then you have a small little boss-ish fight with her. It's not much of a fight. You just have to do a bit of damage to her wings as she's flying around. And then the game is over for real. And it hints to a potential sequel that will likely 
never be made. And one of the sad things too about this game is reading up on it after playing it is that apparently both Mikami and Suda were not super happy with the final product. And one of the quotes I read from Shinji Mikami was, Shadows of the Dam became a completely different game. That was a bit disappointing. I think Suda was unable to create the scenario he'd originally had in his head and he rewrote the scenario several times. I think his heart was broken. He's such a unique creator, so it seems to me that he was not comfortable with making this game. And if that is accurate, if, if both Mikami and Suda were unhappy with the outcome of this game, how things ended up playing out, I feel bad because, like I said, I can see the potential in this game. But it didn't all come together and maybe the original idea for this game would be something I, I would have liked more. But I'll never know and no one will ever know. You know, some of these things that were changed, I guess, had to do with the fact that EA was publishing it and they wanted to change this and that because Western audiences would not like a game where you don't start out with a gun because Western audiences, we like guns. And so things were changed. And how many adjustments were made over the course of the development of the game, I'm not entirely sure, but that does sadden me a bit to hear that the creators were not super happy with the final product. But I do think it's a game worth playing if you've been interested in checking it out for a while. It's not a terrible game. Mechanically, it may be to your liking if you, like I said, were a fan of the way Resident Evil 4 played, but that wasn't something I was ever a big fan of, and I just found myself battling with the controls throughout the entire experience, wanting to be more accurate than I ended up being. And for some people, the humor will work wonderfully. I found the humor to get old real fast. If they were a bit more not subtle, but if they sprinkle the sexual innuendo a bit more sparingly and weren't so one note in the type of humor they were putting out there, I may have been more of a fan. But also, I didn't really care about the story. But anyway, that will do it for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sausage podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or the Pixelated Sausage podcast, you can go over to YouTube com slash pixelated sausage and watch them both there if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day my name is Garcia Hotspur, hunter of demons. Fate has led me to fall in love with the Lord of the Underworld's mistress. His horde of minions will never stop coming to claim her. But I have sworn to strike them down, each and every one, until she is mine alone. I will take on the whole world if I must, slay every creature in my path. And because I love killing fucking demons. What? 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 What's our life? D
demon keeps a dreaming of a demon town. Motherfucker, bitch, fuck, shit went down. Fleming's got an itch, scratch it with a bitch. Demon keeps a dreaming of a demon town. Ooh, Johnson, that's my name. Big penis, that's my game. Johnson, yeah, Johnson, ooh, Johnson, everywhere, yeah. Motherfucker, bitch, fuck, shit went down. Ha ha, in the darkness, we shall have fun. Talk about my Johnson, talk about my bum. Talk about my thighs, they're really good in size. Oh my goodness, I can't believe my eyes, cause Fleming's got an itch. Scratch it with a bitch. Demon keeps dreaming of a demon town. Motherfucker, bitch, cock, cunt went down with a demon, demon.